Welcome to the Game Off Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, a.k.a. Solitalker, with uh, my co-host here. Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia. Today we've got Gears 5 and Borderlands 3 in the showcase, and we've got our standard fireside chat. But before that, we've got Brent with the news. News, hooray. Just announced today, we got a brand new launcher in the PC landscape. I know everyone's excited for more applications that they need to run their applications through. I love launchers. I know. Well, good news for everyone that was thinking I need more applications to run my applications through because we got the Rockstar Game Launcher now. And they have so many games that need launching. (laughs) They have so many games, so many PC games, especially their latest and greatest Red (laughs) Dead, which is definitely on PC right now. No, I'm being sarcastic. It's it's not on PC yet. (laughs) So, (laughs) so what... What games are on the Rockstar Launcher? Honestly, I forgot to look it up, but there's not that many you can uh, select from. What is interesting, though, is that you can retroactively add games that are that you already have via Steam, and then there's just an icon in the Rockstar Game Launcher that says "Launch from Steam," um, which Wait, further so... begs the question of why. Because <laughs> it's not like I'm there. It's not like they're giving it to me in Steam, right? Or in the Rockstar Launcher, they're not giving me another copy through that, right? Nope, nope. They're just going to let you use your old one, but they want you to launch it through their platform. So in the same way that I can use Steam to launch Notepad, if I just add Notepad as a non-Steam game. That is exactly correct. Okay. (laughs) But they have, it does have their own marketplace and cloud saving and auto updating. So it's very much trying to be its own platform. It just isn't strong arming the entire marketplace like uh, like Epic Game Store is, for example. Yeah, but at the same time, no. <laughs> because, like, so in my mind, this is where GTA Five is going to move to. And when Red Dead comes on and onto PC, that's going to be only through this Rockstar launcher and Red Dead Online is going to be through this Rockstar launcher. Like, yeah, that's, that's clearly what's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Presumably they can already make that transition with GTA Online, um, just because it's it's its own separate game, essentially, for all intents and purposes. Um, But also, it's worth noting that Red Dead 2 still not confirmed for PC. No. So, So this is like, it seems like it's a staging ground for them to get... Uh, get a platform ready for Red Dead on PC, but they have nothing ready to, like, hype it up. Um, it's just <laughs> something that they just sort of dumped out there, like a like a sweaty blob out of a pocket, just like, blop. There, there's, a, there's our game launcher. Please enjoy. Well, I think now, so far people are like, mm. Here's the other question, though. Now you've got Take-Two, with subsidiaries that sell on different launchers and have exclusives to different launchers. Mm-hmm. Because Borderlands is Epic exclusive. Like, I could understand this if this was a Take-Two launcher. So, okay, now Borderlands is only in the Rockstar launcher, and Civ is only in the Rockstar launcher, and whoever the hell plays NBA 2K on PC is playing through the (laughs) Rockstar. All eight people is playing through the Rockstar launcher. But if this is just Rockstar... Uh, maybe this will be like the the Rockstar Social Club where it yeah. technically exists, that's, but no that's one uses it. That's sort of the it. vibe I'm getting from it is like, hey, 
you guys remember Rockstar Social Club? Like that that's how we're gonna be talking about game launcher in five years. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I guess I checked my stats on there once for GTA four. Is it still around? You know what? Maybe this is just a portent of the next you know, Manhunt three. Uh <laughs> whatever fucking number of Midnight Club we're supposed to be on. Another uh, remaster of Bully. I, they don't have much. No, no. Although there's a lot of rumors about a, a Bully sequel in the works. You know, so I, maybe I, maybe that's what this is for. I keep hearing that, but I I don't I don't see it. I don't. I just don't. Like Bully is one of those games that I remember. No one playing, and everyone lamenting that no one played. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, like there's there's definitely a market for cult classics these days. I mean. And it's Rockstar. They can throw a lot more weight behind it. Like when that game originally came out, like I don't remember there being any hype around it. No, I only remember Manhunt because it was so hyper violent that everyone was like, how is this game allowed to exist? In most (laughs) countries, it wasn't allowed to exist. Yeah. Yeah. And that game was weird and gross. Yeah. But I I could see a game like Bully, like a really down to earth sort of academia based game. Like I, I get, there's definitely a place in the market for that. Like, a, a, like same reason people keep calling for fucking Harry Potter games that never get delivered, even though that could be like easily like the best franchise to have a game in in that universe. No one has even come close to executing that well. Well, isn't that just because they they only do adaptations in the Harry Potter game universe, other than that weird Potterverse one they did for phones, where you had to like pay money to stop watching a kid get strangled by. <laughs> evil tentacles whatever the hell it was uh sure i don't think i played that one are are you sure it was an actual (laughs) license game that sounds like a fetish (laughs) yeah i don't know how much uh how much hentai games jk rowling signed off on (laughs) but i i have a rule 33 or rule 34 specific version of steam that only shows me unlicensed hentai games Oh God! Please it's the only place you can. This. It's the only place you can get good match three games these days. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not going down that road. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I mean, by so there's a few articles about it. I read Kotaku's article about the game launcher, and they just described it as very bare bones. So it, it just just like the Epic Store, it just sort of came came into the market with a whimper. Um, so I guess what they're actual marketing strategy for this is remains to be seen because again there was no huge announcement or anything it was just like oh there's an there's a rockstar launcher now did anyone (laughs) else notice this am i going crazy it kind of reminds me of that announcement they had for that uh updated gog launcher that was supposed to tie together all the other launchers remember that like that day we were all talking about that yeah I don't know anyone who's used it. I don't know that anything's ever happened. Oh, it actually it. launched? I think so. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. This is what I mean. Oh. This is, that could have been it. We've gone from, like, the idea of one additional launcher being the thing that gets everyone up in arms to now it just becoming a parody of itself. <laughs> Launchers are the new um, content delivery service, you know, streaming video services per network. <laughs> yep. I can't wait yep, to download yep, yep. a fucking Fire Axis launcher. See whatever the hell Overkill and Starbreeze come up with for their launcher. Yeah, I mean we're we're 
not even a year after the launch of Red Dead. And I guess if you just look at the data, um, GTA 5 was what announced three months before it launched on PC. And it was it launched like a year and three year, nine months or so after it launched on consoles when it came to PC. Mm -hmm. So there's a very real chance that we're like sort of in that window of maybe a Red Dead 2 getting announced for PC. Yeah, they might, because I don't hear anyone talk about Red Dead 2, and I sure as hell don't hear anyone talk about Red Dead Online. Yeah, it, it might still be in beta, too, um, technically, whatever that means anymore. For yeah, these games. who knows? <laughs> it's it's bundled, bundled in the disc, but it's a beta. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens with that in the coming months. But for now, very, very strange launch for the Rockstar game launcher. Also, as Kotaku noted, a very, very good name. <laughs> well right done, on guys. The money. <laughs> Rockstar game launcher. That's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add. You want to move we on to it. our uh, our fireside chat? Oh, shit, yeah. I'll go first, because I've got the thing up in front of me. I'm sure you do as well, but if I say it, I sound more prepared. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. Brent, what are your thoughts on Halloween? Halloween? Oh, uh, it's in a month. <sighs> well spotted. Yeah. <laughs> A month, a month and two weeks from the day of recording. That's as much as I have to say about how. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it somehow become more hype and less interesting. Like, like less fundamental Halloween. I don't know if you get many trick or treaters around you, but where I grew up, like we would see a, like a real heavy decline in trick or treaters. And I'm not someone that likes spooky stuff, so like. There was never any kids around to take our damn candy. So Halloween just became the day where we had too much damn candy and no one, no one ever came to our house, even though we were in like the suburbs, like it wasn't like a dangerous area. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have strong opinions on Halloween. It's not, not even close. I don't even, I don't care for the holiday, but I don't begrudge. Like a lot of people get mad about the, the Halloween costumes and like girls, <laughs> Halloween's just so commercial these days. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I don't, I, I don't like dressing up particularly because I'm a, I'm an old fuddy duddy, and I'm not big on candy and not big on spooky stuff. And that, that's, that's it. I don't have a very hot take <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> Please save me from this, <laughs> this wallowing I'm doing here, Andy. <laughs> we get a decent amount of kids. I think we're, and it's going to be. We're going to be getting more. I think there are some young couples that have moved in in the area, so we're going to be getting more over the coming years. And I remember enjoying, as I'm big on candy. I ate a lot of candy growing up, and I continue to eat a lot of candy as an adult. And so I like any excuse to to bring <laughs> other people into the candy fold and get other people into candy. You know, if I can get more kids excited to eat. Lar and that's why we buy we buy the full size candy bars. So uh, you got to be the full size people. Oh yeah, yeah. And we've had kids come kids to will our, remember you for decades. We've had comes kids come to our doors. Oh, this is the house. Like, like oh, <laughs> this good. is the one. We are now we're now known around the neighborhood as the house that gives out full size candy. Which <laughs> I hope when you know these kids become youthful offenders in a couple of years, 
and they're going around breaking into people's cars and smashing windows and what have you, that they'll look at, oh, that was the house that gave us full-size candy bars. They're cool. Let's spare them during this year's purge. That's that's kind of, I, I see it like I'm insuring myself against future violence. You know, that's that's the exact same uh, attitude one of my old coworkers took with this dead-eyed guy in our office. He used to just <laughs> drop off, he literally would drop off candy on his desk and be like, hey, you have a great day. And then I'd ask him why he did that. He'd be like, so when he shoots the place up, he comes to me, he's like, you're cool. You brought me candy. <laughs> Jesus. The exact same mentality. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where, where we are at with it. Um. You know, I got I got a little chillin', so I've that that kind of shifted my Halloween <laughs> priorities in taking him out trick or treating. I've got a big Godzilla costume that I wear. Oh Jesus! The nice thing about being an adult with Halloween is that, assuming you don't fluctuate too much in weight in either direction, you don't have to buy a Halloween costume ever again. That's <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> I've got this dinosaur costume that I can wear every year. In perpetuity. <laughs> For all you budget conscious Halloweeners out there, just don't gain weight. Yeah. Or or lose. Don't gain or lose an appreciable amount of weight. Just just <laughs> You'll always look the same in clothes. We had what last year we bought a bunch of the candy and you know, you buy these like the boxes that you use for fundraising that you'd like see, yes. you know, that kids are going around for booster sales or whatever. And there's there's always one bar in each of those that's crap and in our case it was hershey's with almond bar no one kids don't want that i understand i like hershey's with almonds but that's an adult candy bar (laughs) that's 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 people who are protein conscious exactly for a more discerning taste someone who's not (laughs) looking at a candy bar and saying well that obviously needs caramel and peanut butter and crispies and nougat and small pieces of candy inside (laughs) No, I, I can be okay. But so kids came the, later in the evening and they say, hey, I know we're running a little, you know, we're later than deep. It's okay if you don't have any candy left. We understand. I said, well, I have candy, but it's Hershey's with almonds. So it's basically like I don't have candy. <laughs> and the and girl they laughed. Burned your house down? No, no, the girl laughed. And so I, I remember this vividly because I got a laugh from a joke from a younger person. And so it made me feel <laughs> young and hip once again, just, just for a moment. <laughs> Oh god. And that was the Halloween be... miracle. That was <laughs> That's what Halloween uh, means to me. I want to live in your shoes for a day, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Need affirmation from children. <laughs> I got the youngster to laugh. Oh god. Yeah. So Andy. Yeah. I was going to move on. Oh yeah, please. Unless... Let's... <laughs> what is your take on Terry Crews? Terry Crews. Oh, so I like him, but I don't have a lot of exposure to him. I've watched some of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I've enjoyed what I've seen. Mm. I am aware of Idiocracy, and I know that he plays the president in that film. (laughs) I remember that Everybody Hates Chris was a show that was on TV, and he had some role in it at some point. Oh, yeah. I think he was in one or f- a few of the Expendables films. Oh, but yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you which ones because I didn't see. Like, <laughs> he's one of these people that I, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of things that he's in, but I, I do enjoy him when, I seen, when I've seen him. And he seems like a genuinely good guy from interviews. 
but that may also be just this nice Reddit filter where they kind of just take everything that he's done and filter it down to the, like, kind of like Keanu Reeves recently, which I have nothing against yeah. Keanu Reeves. But if I think about what, what I know of that he's done in the last 15 years, it's been the one John Wick movie I saw, the two I meant to see but forgot, and then things that were on Reddit. Like, I remember he did that Glass House movie with Julia Roberts, maybe, yeah. with Sandra Bullock. One of the two. Glass, glass House. Glass Cabin. It's the one with Lake House. One with Paris Hilton. I think that's Glass House. No, you're thinking of Lily Sobieski. Maybe. <laughs> Paris Hilton was in, ha- was in House of Wax. Lily Sobieski was in Glass House. <laughs> Too many houses on this board. And I know how often you're thinking of Lily Sobieski. I, it took me four seconds. Like She's so distinct looking, <laughs> and it still took me four seconds to think of what she looked like. That's the only thing I know. It's like, oh she's yeah, it's the girl that looks kind of like Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong, America. I don't know why we're not just doing a movie podcast. I don't either. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's funny that you name all of those things because I'd forgotten that Terry Crews was in half of those things, and I've seen almost everything you've listed, including Everybody Hates Chris. I've seen that entire series, <laughs> and I was still like, oh yeah, he wasn't that. Oh shit, he was the dead. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I didn't start to really appreciate him till Brooklyn Nine Nine, and mm. also he—he's uh, just fantastic in that show. Like that show, oh, is he's also great, incredible. And he—he he came out um, in support of like a lot of the women that have been like abused in the industry and told his own story. Yes, I did like, hear that. Yeah, I was like really because that's like that's like he's still probably the only guy that's come out and said anything. Like, oh yeah, some producer like came and like grabbed like my junk at a at a banquet and like he wasn't like you know it, it he he was very clear in that like i like i'm a man it didn't affect my career at all like it still like didn't feel great but like I, I want everyone to know that like i stand with all these people and like it happens to men too and i hope men can come out more and just talk about this and all this stuff and i was like damn man you're leading the charge on that for sure like it'll probably be years before any guys <laughs> say shit anymore it probably has been years. I have not heard. Uh, his is the one I think that was the most that I like the thing that got the most traction that I saw his was his story and his account of it. And the fact yeah. that it was the fact that it was his account through his own posting on Twitter and other places. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like some other news stories refiltering of it or chopping yeah, the, exactly. the video up. It was just here is an image of all of the things he wrote. And then here's an image of him kind of responding to various people who tried to make shitty pithy comments about him yeah yeah and and to be clear this was like another guy doing it to him this was this isn't like some some straight pride parade bullshit right this is very much still like like male producers like abusing their power in hollywood but yeah yeah no I, i respect him infinitely i think he's he's talented he doesn't get very dynamic roles so i'm not gonna say he's you know the uh the fucking uh, Daniel Day Lewis of our generation, but I, he's, he's talented and he's very funny, and he re- seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, there was that thing about uh, on Reddit I remember seeing where he was asking for advice on how to build a PC and what to buy because his son oh, was yeah. getting into PC gaming and he wanted the game with his son, and he didn't want to yeah. just like buy something off the shelf. He wanted to kind of go through it the same way his son had. Yeah, which seemed yeah, really cool. He wanted to use that as like a bonding experience with his son. Yeah, I mean, that's 
I, I can respect that just as someone who tried to bond with family members about video games and how weird that can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that story was sort of like the end result of him being in crackdown just because he got more involved in the industry and sort of made connections and shit. Oh, that's right. Crackdown. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up, but it wasn't that long ago we were talking about it. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, that's that game's still passable. <laughs> he, you know, he, he probably is still the best part of the game and he's still barely in the game. All right. Yeah. We're going to move on to our uh, our showcase. You ready to talk about Shit, some yeah. games? I think so. Right. I mean, yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's start with let's start with you. I want I want to hear your take on Gears. Tell me a little bit about what Gears Five is. Gears Five, yeah. So Gears Five is actually the fifth game in the Gears of War franchise, not, not the tracks. Gears franchise. For anyone who's confused out there, um, it's a third-person shooter, cover-based, which means you're basically sliding in cover um, when you pop you pop your head over and shoot shoot big big. Uh, not aliens, big sci-fi creatures from the under un, under crust of the earth. This being the fifth game in the franchise, it sort of moved past the original trilogy's uh, story and has like it's now in the middle of its own story arc now. The second game and this new story arc is featuring its first female lead, Kate, um, who's off to you know find the secrets of her heritage and um, games specifically features um the series's first open world mechanics um and uh you also have a very integrated robot into the combat which you can actually control so it actually adds a new depth to the combat you you have certain abilities that you can use on top of just you know shooting enemies and stuff um that i think actually plays really well in the game um, like you can use him to drop shock traps or pulse to see where enemies are or have him fetch guns for you. All very cool. Hmm. Um, I, I'll, I'll note more stuff after we go over your questions about the game, but yeah. I think that gives general idea of what, what to expect from gears five. Uh, and I'm, I'm coming at this with a slightly informed view. Cause I did play a couple hours of gears five and a couple mm-hmm. hours of the horde mode. Have you played both the non-campaign modes and the campaign? Uh, I've only played one horde mode, but I've played most of the campaign. Okay, I just, I just want to know, you know, if I should no escape. Okay, I was I was actually going to ask one of my questions was what is escape mode? <laughs> I could describe it as my other friend who I'm playing the campaign mode described it to me, but that's the best I can do. Okay, so as someone who played gears one and then played none of anything until gears five. (laughs) How do you feel the story? How do you feel about the story in this one? How do you feel it it, it comes across? How do you feel it's told just your thoughts on the story? Cause I I had some of my own, but I had no experience really with gears. So I'd love to hear yours. Um, so Honestly, I think so, so far. And again, I played most of the story. The only thing I haven't done is like the last mission. Um, I think this game actually takes its time to tell like an emotional story because you're, you're trying to find out about Kate's heritage while at the same time, she's being tormented by her past um, as well as having trust issues with these people that are 
trying to help her, but she doesn't trust their intentions because they're basically the military on this post-apocalyptic planet. And they know that she's a person of interest, I'll say. Okay. Um, so that really, um, that plays into the story really well. Uh, you get a lot of really interesting moments where you're having visions and you, you know, as a third party witness that the visions are doctored and it's not actually what happened, but she doesn't realize it. So you sort of get this interesting dichotomy. Like, no, don't listen. Don't listen, Kate. She's not telling you the truth. Um, uh, the older games, I wouldn't say are renowned for their story. I think everyone knows the basic premise. Um, and honestly, until I watched the recap, I had forgotten the entire premise of the first or the, the second and third games and even the fourth game, which only came out three years ago. Oh yeah. Um, that, that recap was insane. Yeah. The, the, the fourth game, like we, we actually went back and finished it up cause we never really finished it. Uh, back three years ago. So we finished it up leading up to gears five and it was like one of the narrowest scope stories I think I've ever experienced. Um, so coming from that to gears five, gears five seems really like done has done it a lot better in four. It, um, it really is. It's like, it's like, Oh, we're, we're out. We're rebels. We're outside of the community. It's like, Oh no, you have to come back into the community. It's like, okay, I guess we have to because there's bad guys. And then like, oh, no, our friends got kidnapped and let's get them back. That was the entire story. The entire story <laughs> of Gears 4. Um, Gears 5 is doing a lot better job. Of that. Anyway, I think that answers your question, maybe. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. How does the open world play into it? Is it like uh, God of War style open world or can you give a little more information on that? Sort of. So if you're familiar with Gears, um, they've always told a a chapter by chapter story, and that's still true in five. Um, But when you think about it, logically, that only sort of makes sense for a linear, an extremely linear game. Mm -hmm. So what Gears does is basically you get to certain chapters and the open world is only over the course of a few chapters in the middle of acts or so like for example, the second act, it's across two different chapters. So you basically do half of the open world and you can explore or not. And then you open up the second half of that open world area in the next chapter. But you can also still go back to the other areas and do other stuff. Um, there's not much to the open world other than getting upgrades for the robot that I mentioned before. You can if you're do, playing the game on casual and you don't get like a uh, get much benefit from Jack's the robot's special abilities, then there's no reason to do side quests. You can just float from point to point. Okay. Um, uh, but and there's nothing to do in between the points. So literally you're just fl- floating around trying to get to the next point or f- trying to find out where the next points are, which are obvious. I we didn't miss any points um, because they're, pretty easy to find. And again, there's nothing else in this cold wasteland to do. So you can see these giant flags sticking out of the ground. You're like, there's something to do over there. We should probably check it out. And we're, we're playing on insane. So like those, those, uh, bonus areas are, uh, essential for us progressing. Cause the game is very hard and we need those Jack upgrades. 
What's interesting is that you get like really well-designed fights in really quick bursts with those areas. So okay. while I can say that the, the open world is a little bit weird, I like that I, we can go in and like immediately be in uh, a boss fight and be like, oh, shit, like this is fucked. We got to leave. And then we can actually <laughs> leave, um, which is nothing you could never do in a Gears game before. So we went in completely underprepared to this one boss fight, which is literally just a swarm of bugs flying around the sky, uh, except there's two of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Wait, two, we just two bugs or two swarms. Two swarms, two separate. Oh, I swarms. thought you were saying it was like there's this boss fight where it's supposed to be this huge swarm of bugs in the sky, but there's actually only two just bugs two in the sky. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a lot of bugs, which is why we need a lot of ammo. So instead of being like, oh, we suck at this, we're too bad, we were like, we literally don't have enough ammo. Like, let's go get some ammo from somewhere else and come back and do this. Which it's a lug that's, a luxury cool. in Gears games. Yeah, yeah. And the, the fights have been pretty well tuned in the, the open world. Um, I have a problem with maybe the boss fights in the actual story a little bit more. But but yeah, I, I've been enjoying it more more than not. What kind of problems are you having with the boss fights? So the linear boss fights are sometimes like a bit more suspectly designed, I guess, for lack of a better term. Okay. Um. There's one, so I had mentioned the visions that Kate has in one of the boss fights, for example, you get the visions in the middle of the fight, which causes you to not be able to see where the boss is. And then the boss has a leaping ability, which he then just jumps on you. So he goes from out of visible range to crushing you. Oh, if you were, if you were playing solo, I don't understand how you could do this fight. (laughs) If, (laughs) since I'm playing in co-op, I we can at least communicate and my co-op partner can be like, you need to fucking boogie away from where you are. He's looking at you. He's bending his knees. He's going for a Dunkerino. (laughs) Um, And even that fight's still really hard. Like there's certain inconsistencies with the boss fights. It's so like I go in as like an MMO raider to most boss fights and I expect to see like some patterns or even someone who likes Dark Souls. Sure. Like Dark Souls, you can always find some sort of pattern. Sometimes they're a bit randomized, but there's like certain mechanics in the fight that I have in mind right now that are just completely inconsistent. Like the the, the boss will be frozen for like half a second sometimes and just immediately leap out of the water and crush you. Or she'll be frozen for, you know, like 30 seconds and will be like completely stressed out the whole time. Like, when's she going to jump? When's she going to jump? And you have to like be ready for when she jumps. So it's just like it, it, weird design choices, mostly the vision thing. It's like I, I could not do anything about that in single player. I don't understand. That's because well, I know at least when I play a little bit of the single player, you have AI playing one of the other playing the other dude. Yeah, but you're talking more like you'd need co-op to, to convey information to you. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't see how like pre narrated voice lines, whatever, like walk you through that, at least on insane difficult. Like we're playing on the hardest difficulty, so it's like much harder for sure. Um, but there's plenty of people that want to play solo on insane. And I, the, the idea of doing this one specific fight literally like makes my nuts go back into my body. Like, I <laughs> cannot be bothered. Sorry, mate. Okay. Now, how you say you only played about one round of horde mode, right? Yeah, about, uh, well, 20, 20 rounds, but in one mission. 
Does that seem about the same as it was in prior games? Uh, yeah, Gears, Gears 4. It, it felt very similar with a few added mechanics. So if you liked it in Gears 4, you like it in Gears 5. Okay. Having Because Gears has that, that reloading minigame where you can, you know, mm-hmm. if you time it right. Would you say that putting all of that UI information to the upper right-hand corner was the dumbest thing or only one <laughs> of the dumbest things that has ever been done in the history of gaming? <laughs> I, I fuck it up pretty frequently because I can't take my eyes off the screen and then I just hope for the best and it, then I clog my gun. Especially in, in a world now where many games are putting that kind of information right around the reticle. Yeah, it can easily be done better. I I think that the, the UI looks a little cleaner than it did in 4, coming, just coming off it. But yes, I I don't think I would uh, malign them for making that change in future games. Okay, because I, I, I'm playing through that and especially playing through some more tense moments in Horde mode thinking, this is horrible. Why do I have to keep <laughs> looking at the... Why are you doing this to me, game? Do you want me to play this mini game or not? <laughs> it is it, is Marcus like because it doesn't make sense in universe that Marcus would have to keep his eyes closed while perfectly rel- like <laughs> he would clearly focus on what he's doing. I'm in cover. Yeah. Just let me. But no. that's fair. Yeah, it's. I mean, and that's the thing too is like that doing active reload correctly is absolutely pivotal to pivotal to being successful on harder difficulties or the later tiers in Horde. Um, one of the better things about this game is that if you fuck up the active reload, like you have that active reload bar now, mm-hmm. so you can, you can reload now, even though your ammo is full. Um, and then you can keep doing it until you get an active reload, which is something you very much have to do in on insane. Cause you need a full active clip to be able to kill anything in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. I, I noticed that that seemed to be a pretty, necessary thing to do yeah yeah it was weird before because like i i remember the days of where the multiplayer you had to you, basically everyone would just empty their entire full first clip and then as soon as you'd see someone you'd start your active reload like what a corny gameplay experience that sounds like <laughs> and that was one of the things that always turned me off about like the versus modes now it's just like that in in um in campaign the active reload bar fills up a lot faster, but in Horde and Versus, it just fills up slower, so you can be more tactical about when you use it instead of having to do all these janky things to get it get it ready, and then you have to, you know, use it exactly correctly at the right time. So would you say that you recommend Gears 5? Yes, yes. I am enjoying it quite a bit, um, although I will give it shit for some of its design in the later game. Let's talk. I, let's talk about that. Is there? I, I've actually been asked that. What would you give it shit for, other than some of the boss stuff that we talked about? Um. Well, so general like life quality of life experience has been sort of inconsistent. I've had UI experiences or UI issues. I've had a lot of network issues. The difficulty can be pretty artificially hard sometimes. So. Sometimes the game will just put you in a tiny room with a big boss and you're like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I could just drop this fool if I had an entire field or something, but you you knew how to make this bullshit hard. And like, it's not sus- suspenseful. Like, why is this giant boss in this tiny room? 
Why? Why is he in here? Stop all this shit. Because fuck you. That's why. Yeah. But I will say it's somehow better than Gears 4 in that regard, because there was so many fights in Gears 4 where I was like, who the fuck played this? And their feedback was, looks great. Ship it. Because <laughs> I would have been on that QA team just fucking foaming at the mouth. Gears 5, that only has only happened a handful of times so far. But it has definitely happened. <laughs> I will tell you that, because uh, before I, I jump in, so you would recommend this? You'd recommend Gears 5? Yes, uh, absolutely. I'm, ha- I'm having a lot of fun with it, uh, even on Insane. I think the challenge is, for the most part, correct. Like, it's very hard and takes a lot of work. Um, but for the most part, it's designed well enough with some exceptions. And I'm sure it's uh, a lot of fun just to blitz through on easier difficulties, too, because the combat in general is just a lot of fun. Uh, I'll say having had little to no experience, basically not since gear, the first gears of war, any real experience with the series jumping into this, there was a, it's very different than a lot of games out now. And it is a lot of adjustment you have to make in just the way the game Mm. feels because your movement is very sluggish and everything feels very like, like you have a lot of inertia. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, you're constantly overcoming inertia. So, like it, it turned me off quite a bit because it's with things like that, especially in areas yeah, where I there was a that. lot of a lot of walking. Like I remember early on in the game, there's some bit where you have to walk from one end of a town to another, and mm-hmm. it's just like nothing's happening. I'm just walking through this town, and you're making me walk so slowly. Why is this <laughs> happening? Yeah. Yes, so the exploration parts of the game are, I guess this sort of goes along with the open world. It could still do a lot of work because they add like these collectibles and in this game they've added a second layer of collectibles which are components to upgrade Jack, the robot. Um, So you're doing a lot more of that like looking around on the ground and staring for stuff and it still does feel like you feel like a thunder-thighed motherfucker like like, (laughs) just hobbling around. Um, so yeah, I can definitely agree with you there. I think in combat, it's less noticeable because you're a lot of times roadie running or shifting from cover to cover, which is actually pretty quick and fluid for the most part. Yes, that, that definitely was, it was in the, it was the non-combat areas or in combat where you're trying to move over longer distances. Yes. Yeah. I can definitely agree with you there. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. It sounds like it's uh, overall a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. I've been pretty psyched with it. Think you'll see it through to the end? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be playing it as soon as we're done recording. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully finishing it. Well, you'll have to let us know if it was worth it. I will. Probably. All right. You ready to talk about some Borderlands 3? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have a thing there. I thought I was... Settle gonna... down. <laughs> A nice firm settle down for Andy there. (laughs) Yeah, Borderlands 3 is uh, the latest Borderlands game. Uh, Man, I don't know how many times I've said if you've played the previous game in the series, you've played this game while we were recording. I I don't know how many times I'm going to state that, but if you've played other Borderlands games, you've played Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3 has is a looter shooter. It was one of, I think, the the early, very popular looter shooters the Borderlands series was. 
Mm-hmm. And it's pretty well known for having some wacky guns and some crazy LOL random humor. And the you know, the writing is usually pretty good. I think it was uh was it was it uh what's his name? Anthony Birch who wrote the second one? Yeah, the second one in most of the DLCs, I think. Yeah. I don't know who wrote the third one, but they and they've they're known for having a a pretty interesting slew of guest voices and cameos and just a lot of comedy writing. It's a very comedy heavy game. And most of it's pretty good. And even in Borderlands 3, even though I could tell that I was a different person than when Borderlands 1 came out, and so the comedy <laughs> didn't ring the same for me now as it did then. Uh it wasn't, you know, wasn't necessarily the fault of the comedy. General gameplay is running around this this I or this uh, planet of Pandora, shooting bandits, looting their weird guns with even weirder uh, affixes and and properties. Things like you know, it does more damage when you're sliding on the ground, or it it empties its entire clip all at once and you can't stop it, or you know it doesn't it doesn't have a clip at all. It just heats up until it explodes, or when you reload, you actually just throw the gun and it becomes a grenade. All sorts of weird affixes that your guns have. And uh, yeah, you run around Pandora doing quests and shooting people. There's some driving mechanics that they still haven't made fun after four games. They're still not good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to go on record in saying that the catch a ride driving mechanics in Borderlands just aren't fun. The driving's bad and the car combat's bad and you're not Mad Max. So just stop. Why not? Just stop. Why can't I be Mad Max? I, Mad Max is a great game. This is not that. This is <laughs> sad Max. It's it's bad. Uh, They're still bad. The controls are still stupid. The combat's still not fun. And <laughs> to to accommodate, you know, this driving, you have to space things out more. So there's a reason to drive, which means there's just these endless stretches of desert which you kind of alluded to a bit in your Rage 2 review. Yeah. If that sounds at all familiar. Large open areas with with not a lot to do in them because you're supposed to travel from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. Which begs some questions about why the open world is necessary. But why is the open continue. world necessary at all? <laughs> but it, it's a fun game. You know, Borderlands, once you get into the groove of just Get out there, shoot a bunch of bandits in the head, enjoy the vibrant colors, crazy gore, and find some new guns. I like games like this where you're constantly swapping out your weapons. You know, even later, as you get higher level towards the end of the game, you're still finding new weapons very regularly. Unlike like a a standard MMO where once you hit 60% of the way through, you're sticking with one weapon for a while. Yeah, that is one of the things that I don't think gets enough credit because there's so many games that you just sort of fall into a, a comfort zone with weapons, but just the nature of how much shit that that game is dropping, it mm. sort of forces you out of your comfort zone comp- constantly. And you have to say like, oh, this pistol does twice as much damage. I guess I have to try pistols out. Yeah, and that's it's a constant because there's no upper limit that you really run into. It's not like The Division where this is the best gun. It is this SMG, and once you've unlocked it, you have it. And you Mm -hmm. can't get a better gun. Like There's just constant ramping up of power that you don't see in many games. 
Yeah. There's always just a better, and it's not incrementally better. It's it's not only a ton better, but it also has the weirdest fucking abilities and affixes that that make it so you have to play differently with each weapon. Which is really neat. I I really liked it. Mm. It was a nice change up after having played Remnant, where I just played with the same hunting rifle the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good juxtaposition. Yeah. From episode 12 last week. Check it out. Yeah. It's a good game, too. <laughs> All right. So, ready for some questions? I am ready. Shoot. All right. Did they add anything new yet? Like, it's been years. <laughs> they added vaulting, which is nice. So you run and you jump and you get close to the edge and you kind of pull yourself up. That was pretty cool. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's a, a huge Modern shooter. It's and it's not like in the some of the Ubisoft games where they make a big show of it, where like they make it feel like you slammed against the side of the ledge and really <laughs> lurch. No, you just hit and pull. It almost reminds yeah. me of that game that we both loved and played tons of Brink. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whopping three three f- fights in that. <laughs> Fucking great game that was. Good game. Good game. You Worth know that game had so much potential. I'd love to see <laughs> them try it again. Oh, uh, no, no, I don't do that. Okay, stop wasting your time. <laughs> All right, that's fine. I don't want to brink two. No, I wouldn't call it brink two, but uh, yeah, yeah. That uh, brinker. Brink. <laughs> I don't know what else they added. They've this kind of like this hub thing where you go onto the sanctuary ship and you fly around. Um, the way that they they redid the skill trees again, so now your action skill you've got different types of action skills, and as you're going through down your skill tree, you unlock different effects that you can apply to the action skill, and each character their action skill kind of plays out a little differently. So one girl is kind of basically diva from Overwatch. And so her skills mm. determine what gun arms she has. Another guy can have two skills if he decides not to have grenades. Uh, another person just has a skill and, and two affixes. Like it, they played around with that a little bit. God, did they add anything else to this game? <laughs> there's some, there's some web, uh, some car customization, that if it was in Borderlands 2, it was so fucking forgettable that it feels new again. But the cars There's, are also yeah. garbage, so who cares? <laughs> there was a few different types of cars, and then the colors. That was the customization. Yeah, now to. you can choose like between a couple of different weapons to uh, to add on to it. It's not yeah, much. Yeah, you it's can do some of it. that too. Yeah, it's, okay. it's dumb. Well, let, us, let us know if you find anything new. Yeah, you'll, you'll be 3. the first... Like, you auto loot stuff, so as you're walking around, you don't have to like manually pick up money anymore. It yeah, just okay. y- you still have to walk around and open each individual washing machine, and each <laughs> individual. Which, if you're gonna auto pick it up, I kind of don't see the point in making me go around and find each individual one, especially because they each have like two dollars and just fucking open them, or don't have yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, the, the auto-looting goes a long way because that was a lot of time lost in the old games. Like, holy crap. Uh, and Even I, being I'm, able to hold down and pick everything up. I'm with you on that, but that kind of calls into question for me not the fact that you had to get them individually, but that this is how they were dispersing ammo and money. Like, <laughs> yeah. why not have in each area one or two chests that just have the lion's share of the money and ammo? Why spread it around yes. 37 of them? That I have yeah, to jump I, around I like an agree. idiot to find. 
<laughs> finding every little green dot on the on the in your fucking HUD. Yep. Opening washing machines and God knows what else. Mailboxes. Yeah, mailboxes, little cash boxes, cardboard boxes, each one of them having, you know, a, a tenth of a percent of your current amount of your current value in there. Yeah. Like, and I get that that auto looting solves that and makes it easier. But at some point, someone should have questioned, is this necessary? Could we do this <laughs> slightly differently? Sure, we could find a couple better ways. Could we just have the guys that you fight drop money in ammo and then you could just pick it up and just make that like increase the amount of money in ammo they drop and then call it Stevens? But <laughs> oh, don't, don't be ridiculous. No, no, that's that's insane. They, People they love cartoonishly threw that guy out a window after he suggested that. <laughs> People love this part of the game. People always talked about how much fun it was. <laughs> that's what they come for. <laughs> that's what they come for. Not the guns, not the shooting, but opening of a variety of very small boxes. <laughs> Makes sense as to why there's so fucking many. Yep. Because it's everyone's favorite part. <laughs> Question two, mm. if you're ready for it. I am. Does it perform like butt on PC? I hear it performs like butt on consoles. Oh, my fucking God. So. If you're a longtime listener of our podcast, you might be aware. Thank you. That, yeah, thank you. Please continue listening. Tell your friends. Uh, tell two people to tell two people. You may be aware that one of my little bugbears in games is the UI. And how there hasn't been a good UI and menu system in a game since 1999. Because everyone wants to be so fucking flashy with everything. Which I'm sure looks really pretty on a resume when you're applying to another job to make another horrible UI for a game. <laughs> but it's bad. The constellations in Skyrim were horrible. Horrible. <laughs> and Borderlands, in all its infinite money and time that they could have put into this, have created the laggiest UI I've played in a AAA game in so long. The number of times, too, oh God, uh, this ha has to be worse. It has to be. Nah, there are times I where I, I try to open the skills tree and it just doesn't display for five or six seconds. But my oh. character on the side does his little animation to show off whatever skill it thinks I have highlighted, but hasn't loaded yet. So I'm just watching this guy <laughs> do this fucking little fiddly dance on the side. And then, oh, there's my skills. You go... You, you open up your inventory and like, I don't know if it just doesn't cache the 12 items I have in my inventory. It's just to reload their images every time, but it'll just show with like a little, like the, the reload symbol for each image for a couple of seconds. And this is after I've gone into a vending machine, which just displayed everything in my inventory. All the, the UI effects are so laggy and choppy. In just the and I was I was running Gears Five at full, uh, you know, ultra settings. Fine, had no issues there. I, I've not had any issues with any game I've run this year, except this one. It's particularly in the UI and menus, and I I just like you were talking about with <laughs> with the QA. I can't imagine the pile of the UI needs work. The menus are broken. Type notes that 
was sitting on someone's <laughs> desk and just ignored because there's no way anyone played this. Th- this is fine. Ship it. The UI is so bad. It's so bad. Inter- interacting with vending machines. I love Borderlands. I love it as a series. It's some one of my most played series of the last 10 years. You know, it was one of my favorite new IPs of last generation. I put so much time into it. I played the Borderlands 1 on Xbox. And then I played through it with the first three DLCs all the way through in New Game Plus. I did the same thing when it came out for PC. I did the same thing for 2. I did the same thing for prequel, sequel, whatever the fuck it was called. The one on the moon. Pre-sequel. Pre-sequel, that's it. Sequel to the prequel, whatever it was. I was so excited for this game, and the first time I used a vending machine, I thought, it's a shame I bought this on Epic because I can't refund it. Oh. It's... Oh. It's so bad. It's so bad. If you want to compare an item, if you're looking at the vending machine, which... Now, because they have they've designed it in this big carousel view that actually loads the 3D model of the gun, because that's fucking important to show me the 3D <laughs> model. As if anyone fucking cares what it looks like, but the the 2D picture doesn't not enough. They load the 3D model of the gun on your side. They only show eight items in your inventory at a time, just because they've of the way they've horribly misused their natural resources of screen real estate. And just abused all of it like it's the fucking rainforest. <laughs> oh. And like, so if you're looking at you're looking at the guns that are for that are for sale, and you've got your guns on the right hand side, you can hover over one of the guns for sale and say, "I want to compare this," and then it allows you to compare it to the the items in your inventory. So you have to go to first item in the vending machine, compare to each individual inventory item, back out. Second item in the vending machine, there's no way to compare the first your equipped item to an item in the vending machine. You understand what I'm saying? Like you can only go from vending machine item to inventory. If you want to go in the other direction, you have to go to the sell items tab, which unloads everything that's for sale, loads your inventory, then compare to go backwards. It's so dumb. It's shit like that, that it's just like, this isn't fun. I spend so much of my time before I go to a vending machine opening my inventory and manually marking things as junk because trying to figure out what I need to sell while in the vending machine inventory in uh, UI is so bad. It's so horribly bad. bad. And anyone who defends it deserves to never play another game again. (laughs) Just the rights to play games should be revoked because it's horrible. (laughs) It in no way is a better interface than two, and two was in no way a better interface than one. So other other than UI problems, how's the performance? It's pretty good. Um, I haven't <laughs> okay. had too many issues. <laughs> There's a couple. Say, most of the issues I heard were like combat related. I combat seems okay. I. I get a low frame rate every once in a while when there's a shit ton of particle effects, which with the way that this game applies a lot of particle effects from weird affixes on your guns and the grenades and the elemental effects in the grenades. And like, you can get a lot on screen, Mm. but uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing through and I I only really see noticeable lag and things like that in the menu system. Okay. We, one of the things actually that they did that I wish more games would do is you have the option of lowering the reticle to the, to basically the 30% uh, mark vertically. Okay. 
so that you've got more screen real estate. Like you can see more because most of the, what you're looking at is above your reticle. Yeah. Interesting. So have you, have you tried that out? Does that oh, the, feel I, natural? I switched to it, especially with a game like this where some of the guns are very large. Yeah. Like they can take up a lot of the screen. So having the reticle further down makes it easier and, and prevents them from taking up so much of the screen. Interesting. They could have also just so, designed smaller guns, but that's it literally impossible. just shift the whole thing vertically, and you literally see the reticle at like yeah, you know, the the reticle is up. like two inches lower on your screen than it normally would be. Interesting. But it's interesting. It like, interesting. It took me maybe five minutes to get used to, and now I don't even notice it. And and huh. after after seeing that, I said that that is a great quality of life improvement that I wish more games had. Because that that's something yeah. that I've noticed in a lot of games, just where you're trying to fight to see around the rather large weapons that you've been given. Yeah, especially in Borderlands 2, where yeah. like half of, half of the guns were oversized to a comical degree. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that's yeah. a good change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Precisely how many times did you laugh in the game? And you need oh, an exact number here. That's that's not fair. <laughs> Oh, none. Oh, no. I have not laughed out loud once while playing this game because of something that was (laughs) written in the game. Hashtag exposed. (laughs) I've laughed because the people I've been playing co-op with have said things that are funny. (laughs) There have been moments where things happened and I did kind of one of those those kind of like oh, Jesus Christ kind of laughs <laughs> where you're kind of surprised that they're still making the joke that they made. But so the humor hasn't aged with us at all. No, Just this... this is not a game for this is not my style of humor anymore. And it's not that, <laughs> that the humor is bad. Claptrap is is written the same as he was whatever it was 10 years ago. But I'm not 10 years ago anymore. And so my my interest in in the things that make me laugh have changed. Yeah, sort of what I remember about going back and finishing Borderlands Two mm-hmm. was like, oh, I remember this being a lot more funny. There <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. there are definitely some some amusing concepts, but there are also like bits where I, I'm just rolling my eyes. Yes, we get it. Ellie is funny. <laughs> Because she's obese, but also talks about being promiscuous, which is not something that you would expect from an obese woman in a post-apocalyptic uh-huh. scenario. I get it. <laughs> I get that gotcha. the joke is that she has a lot of sex and talks about sex very openly, but is not the kind of person you would look at and immediately assume is, is sexually active. Like, I get uh-huh. it. Please just can we move on okay. with it? Expectations subverted, Andy. <laughs> Uh, all right. So if, along with that line, oh, no. are there any good human beings in the story at all? Oh, is there one God. single redeeming character in the entire franchise? Uh, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because no, none, <laughs> no one in the story is someone that I, they're all bad people oh, and they're all yeah. people that I don't give a shit if bad things happen to them. <laughs> and Gearbox has grossly overestimated 
how much I care about that initial lineup. I don't give a shit about Lilith. She means nothing to me. She's not a character I care about. I don't care about Roland. I didn't care when he died. Because these are not... They're... It's like the guy from Saints Row. Whatever, whatever his name was. Uh, Johnny Gat. Yeah. 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 They, they write they talk about Johnny Gat in the Saints Row games like he's the most interesting exciting character ever written and he's not <laughs> he's boring as shit and no one cares yeah and, and that's it's all, just the caboose of that franchise all of these characters like hey Professor Tannis is back I, I don't care I don't care that she's back she was not she was fine but I'm not yeah. excited I'm not super excited that Professor Tannis is back <laughs> he's just yeah. I mean, knowing Gearbox, I just expect all the same characters back because of the, the the canyon of creativity that comes along with most of their games. There's hot take. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's no, no one in the sh- no one in it is redeemable, and there's no one that you want, to, like you're really hoping succeeds, or even that you're like ironically hoping succeeds. Like, oh, they're a piece of shit person, but it'd be funny if their plan went through. Like. Yeah just none of it. It, it it's just it's fine you know, it, you don't need a great story or great characters for the game to be fun but if you're gonna put a lot of characters and story in it it should be fun yeah and they didn't they didn't and they haven't and it's not so what's what's the deal with claptrap in this game so i know he had like a new voice actor is there some in-game explanation for that no just he sounds same old claptrap he sounds similar enough that i probably wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't said anything his character is the same he's a wacky robot says wacky crazy things it's like uh like gur from invader zim if it's (laughs) written by a gamer sassy bot sassy yeah it's a sassy bot that's kind of wacky and kind of silly but also occasionally (laughs) says something with a bit of pathos but (laughs) <laughs> you know it's a game where <laughs> there's like a ton of shit jokes and a ton of death like i can't like oh wow this is a deep they just stole her power and energy and that means a lot like go away stop it <laughs> that's enough you can't have it both ways gearbox stop it <laughs> yeah yeah that seems like what they're trying to do a lot with their writing like yeah. having their cake and eating it too uh so to wrap up would you recommend it yeah, I would. I know that most people aren't going to care about the UI as much as I do. Um, and it's really the only reason <laughs> I play games anymore. Most people, he says. <laughs> I just, I want a game with good UI to come out. And then I'll be fine. And I'll be happy. Uh, no, I, Sorry, I, man. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Everything's been horrible for the last 20 years. <laughs> the, no, the it's a fun game. I think, I think most people who played Borderlands 1 and 2 and enjoyed them will be pleasantly surprised well not surprised they'll there's nothing to surprise you they will be (laughs) they will be pleased with how similar the game is it's just more of the same with worse ui but there's you know it the (laughs) the quality of life improvements that they did make are helpful and feel good um the changes they made to the skill tree can be fun and interesting and allow for a bit more variety in how you in building different builds for each class uh, yeah, it's it's a fun game. I, I'd, I'd recommend mm-hmm. it. Although, actually, I do want to note quickly that uh, you can see we've talked about Half-Life 2 before and 
uh, how much it influenced oh, storytelling in the gaming world. And I noticed that I was talking to one of my buddies I was playing co-op with and saying, you know, it's the scene that we're in right now is very reminiscent of Half-Life 2 because I'm jumping around a room that I've been locked in while listening to four people talk. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes on for about six minutes of just oh my jumping around on the deck of the spaceship, listening to people talk, <laughs> locked in this room, waiting for them to stop talking so I can go back to playing oh. the game. How week after week does this still keep coming up? And Who's designing this shit? And just as a, a thing that I know a lot of games do, but with a game that's this kind of MMO style of go out, do quests, come back. If the game has a mechanic where when you're having a conversation with someone, you can walk away and they can still talk to you because you have this portable conversation device. Mm-hmm. Cell phone? Yeah, they call it the Echo device. But yeah, essentially a cell phone with some video features. Um if that's a thing that Cell exists... Cell phones don't have video features? Yeah, look, okay, man. <laughs> it's late or early. What do you use? What do you use? I got a Motorola Razor, and it's it's working oh. great for me. <laughs> yeah, checks out. Uh, now, you've got this idea in there of this device, this Echo device, which is basically a cell phone, yes. No quest should end with me walking back to someone to relay information. Ever. Yeah. Because yeah. you've determined that people can communicate over distance instantly. And so unless there's something physical to deliver, I should never have to walk back to someone to relay information because that is a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. And there are quests Holy that crap. you do where you go where you go back and tell the person, yeah, I killed the guy. And they say, here's your reward. And the reward are EXP. So it's an intangible. So there's no reason to make me come back to the base other than you guys just didn't put any thought into it. Yeah. Minor... That's the thing, too. That that happened in Borderlands, too. There were definitely quests where you just get guns in the middle of nowhere and be like, all right, I don't care enough. Yep. Dig into this. <laughs> it's, it's really... I hate it. Games. A lot of games do that. This one especially because it... it mm-hmm. It does. I love the fact that I don't have to stand for most quests and wait for the person to finish talking. I, they, the second that this, they start talking, I'm given a waypoint and I can walk away and they'll keep talking at me. I love that because <laughs> I don't waste time listening to people talk while not playing the game. Don't you wish you could do that in real life without any ramifications? I, I try, man, and work just doesn't like it. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah. Uh yeah. All right, so we, should we uh, throw these on our list? Yeah, see where these, throw them on these the list. stack up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gears Five. I'm gonna put it below Shadowbringers, above Bloodstained. How's that sound? That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's where I'm feeling it. I don't I don't think I'm enjoying the game or have enjoyed it as much as Shadowbringers. Um, but. I do still quite like it. So that, that makes it number nine. Here's five. All right. Where's Borderlands going? I am going to take my Borderlands 3 and actually put it directly beneath where you were. And I'm going to call oh, Borderlands 3 better than Bloodstained Ritual of the Night and make that number 10. Oh, wow. On our list. So we've. That's uh, a weird one. Just knocked two games out of the top 10 for this year <laughs> yeah no shit mm-hmm. yeah. that uh it's only the second time that's happened where we've ranked them right next to each other 
Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that happened with Rage 2 and Wolfenstein. Those are way lower on the list. <laughs> and they will continue to go down as we review more games. Yeah, ooferinos. All right, uh, close of business stuff. Do you, I, I know what game I'm doing next week. Do you happen to know what you're doing? Oh, shit. Um, I, I, I keep doing this too. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, it, it's, you know, I'm going to say that I'm going to do, are you, what are you doing? I'm definitely doing control because okay. I've already 100% of that game. Okay. All right. If you're doing control, I can't justify doing the Puzzle Quest remake. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck right off. Uh, I know. I'll do Link's Awakening. Oh, woo. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Thing. I'm excited. That's one I've been looking forward to for a long time. Well, since yeah, E3, I-, I guess, or whenever they announced it. <laughs> ages. Yeah. Months and ages. All right. Well, that's that's everything. Yeah. So I guess that uh, leaves us to thank our producer Destiny for all the hard work she <laughs> did today, and for us to thank you for listening. Be sure to uh, subscribe to us and share us, you know, wherever you think is appropriate. Don't overdo it, but no, do no. <laughs> do overdo it. What are you What are you saying? Whore us out. The, the last thing I want is for either of us to be accused of being tryhards. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think I could live that. Put down. us in lacy underwear and gallivant us down the street. Okay, you know what? That's actually we are filthy trash. That's no, that's an idea. That's an idea. We'll we'll do both of them then. Like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> or whatever. But also get us some lacy underwear. Ooh, ooh. All right. This this has been episode thirteen. Bye. Good, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>